Welcome back. My name is Chris Gosling. Today we're talking to Phil Jacker from ASCF, Australian Secure Capital Fund. Phil, welcome. Tell me a bit about the sector and the property sector and your view of it at the current time. Sure. So we've obviously had some significant growth over the last 12 to 18 months coming out of COVID, Chris. So uh, we, we don't believe that that level of growth is obviously sustainable and we think things will be f flat moving forward for some time, uh, particularly in Sydney um, to, to also Melbourne and to a lesser extent in, in, in Brisbane. Um, I note some economists uh, are saying that they, they expect the market to actually come off sort of 6, 8, 10% over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. We don't actually see that happening. We, we see it being flat, um, certainly across the, the eastern seaboard states with the exception of Brisbane. Um, we think um, that, that as the borders open up um, and you start to see that, that overseas migration come back, we think that that'll soften any, uh, the blow in terms of anything coming off the boil in terms of property. Um, we, we think there's considerable demand in terms of overseas investment in Australia, particularly based on the fact the way the country's handled COVID so well. Um, so so we, we, we see it being flat, but we do see that there is some potential upside in Brisbane, particularly with the Olympics um, in the not so distant future and, and the infrastructure spend in Brisbane. So, so we think Brisbane could, could continue to see some level of growth, particularly in view of the price disparity in residential housing between Brisbane and, and, and the other states, particularly Sydney. Um, but certainly uh, rates are, are going up um, and um, at the same time though we, we think that, that you know, there's going to be some wages growth which is certainly going to cushion that in terms of people being able to afford to continue to pay their mortgages. So, so whilst we don't see any, any sort of significant growth over the next sort of 18 months or so, we, we, we don't think that, that it's going to come off um, in, in terms of the way that some economists are, are predicting. We, we think it will be flat for a while and, and we think that, um, that overseas migration um, will, will certainly add some impetus to the market as the borders continue to open up and we start to see um, those migrants coming back um, into the country. And how affected are you by what happens in that market? I mean, you're talking about lending on a short-term, uh, bridging finance less than a year. So is that really going to affect you if the market does come off? No, and that's one of the benefits of investing with ASCF is, you know, we're not out there doing 5, 10, 20-year loans. We're, we're very much in, in the short-dated space sort of. The average loan term, as I've said, is sort of six to nine months, and the maximum loan term will do is two years. So, so you know, in terms of market sort of movement during that period of time, it's it's pretty limited in terms of what the market can come off over a six to nine month sort of time frame. I mean, the maximum we lend on a pro on any given property is, you know, the maximum we're allowed to go to is is eighty percent, and certainly if you look at the average weighted LVRs across our funds. That you know that they're always sitting sort of around that 60-65% maximum, and, and in many cases they're lower. Um, you know we provide those data sets to our investors on a monthly basis so that they can see exactly where those average weighted LVRs are. Uh, we also provide a loan summary to our investors, which you know they can download off our website, which shows every single loan we do and you know the location and. Um, the rate charge and the term of the loan. So we're very transparent with our investors in terms of where their money is being placed in, in, in mortgages. Um, and I, I think um, that, that's important that they, they do know and they can 
if they've got any queries, they, they can certainly email us or, or you know, ask the question. So you're relatively buffered from any sort of short term or, or even longer term vagaries of the market or volatility within the property market? Um, I think we are just because of the fact that we're only in that short term space. So, so market movement in a short period of time, you know, what can it move, you know, three, five percent over that time. If, if your average weighted LVRs across your funds are sort of si sitting at around 60, 65 percent, you know, that, that sort of movement's really not going to impact us. Um, you know, as I've mentioned, we don't do any construction lending or anything along those lines. So, so um, we're not we're not impacted in terms of pre-sales sticking at the end of the day when the building's complete or any of those sort of construction risks associated with those loans. Um, so, so we're we're very vanilla. Um, we're really a stopgap for a, a lot of borrowers, um, and, and it's it's really because of the inefficiencies and in, in, you know in, in the banks that uh, we have the ability to, to move a lot quicker than what the banks are, assess loans quicker, um, and and I think um, we're very transparent in terms of our fees and charges to borrowers, and um, I think the way we operate in relation to maintaining you know, a, a decent net interest margin between what we pay our investors and, and what we lend funds at um, sort of gives our investors a lot of comfort in terms of knowing that there is a buffer there um, uh, that, that, that sort of cushions our, our ability to pay, um, you know, their interest on a monthly basis in the event of, you know, you get another COVID or any of those sort of macro events, um, you know, that there's a nice cushion there. Um, to, to buffer anything like that uh, and certainly we, we hold a 1% reserve across our funds um, in the event of any potential losses so so I think in terms of the risk profile of the fund and, and the way we manage the money and, and where it's lent I think we're very transparent and the, the model the business model we operate in has held us in good stead certainly in terms of the in investment profiles that, that our investors um, can invest in across the three funds we have three six and, and 12 month terms and and we also have a new fund premium capital that we launched about a year and a half ago that does offer 24 month sort of terms for investors um, but certainly uh, the the investment terms do match the the loan terms so so and, that, and that's very important in our space the last thing you want to be doing is you know getting investors to invest in in one year investment terms and then go off and do five year loans with it well it's a complete mismatch and certainly that that's an important part of what what we do ensuring that um, that there's always ample liquidity there um, in the event that you have um, you know redemption requests or, or some macro event that sort of requires um, investors to redeem their funds. And Phil, your source of funds, is it entirely coming from private investors or do you have a line of credit from a larger institution? Sure. So, so across the group, the, the majority of our funds are from uh, retail investors. So that might be SMS have funds investing with us or um, you know uh, on one scale and on the other scale you've got people saving for a deposit or looking for a better return than what the banks are able to offer them so so it's a broad spectrum in terms of our, our, our investors um, but but yeah it, the, the average investment is sort of around 100 to 125,000 but you know the minimum is, is sort of 10 grand and you know there, there is no maximum we've got investors with significantly more than that and your investors what the, what they're obviously looking for is a better return that in the than they're getting from the bank but with some level of security i mean it's obviously not bank banked but it's mortgage banked so 
a, a much higher return than the investor would get in the bank without locking it away for a long time with relatively good security being mortgage backed. Exactly right. So, so our funds are not government guaranteed, and the investment's not certainly not government guaranteed. But it's guaranteed by the mortgages that we take over property in Australia. So, so it's very similar, I guess, to what to what the banks do in terms of their security position. But so it's it's all backed by mortgages in Australia, predominantly over residential property in in metro areas. Um, we don't do any specialised lending of any sort. Um, um, there is a commercial component to the book, but it's only a very small component and probably less than sort of five to seven percent. Um, so, so very much so, the book is entirely backed by mortgages over Australian property. There's no, there's no lending across any of the books. We don't borrow additional money uh, other than what the investors provide us. Um, all the funds are held by an independent custodian and the funds are audited every six months. So, Phil, just looking back over the five years, has there been a, a, any significant delinquency on the loan side or do you have an average of delinquencies or do you have any delinquencies at all? So it depends how you define delinquencies. Certainly, um, um, you know, there's, there's arrears that come up from time to time across the funds, um, but we certainly manage those arrears. Um, you know, if someone comes to you for a, a four-month loan on a, on a bridging product and you capitalise the interest for the four months and then they, they need an extra month or two to, to exit, we certainly work with them and maybe we carry that interest for that month or two, but because it's very short-dated, short um, you know, if it's a month or two, we'll, we'll certainly work with them. But in terms of losses, if that's what you're referring to, Chris, um, you know, we've probably funded in excess of $650 million um, since inception. And in terms of losses across that, that entire funding spectrum, I think the principal losses have equated to sort of just over a million dollars in terms of principal and um, certainly with the net interest margin we, we run at and the investor reserve we, we were able to comfortably cover that without any impact on investor returns or, or unit price. It's always difficult to talk about risk and it's always dangerous to talk about negligible risk but in actual fact the history of the fund is that you haven't had delinquencies that have affected your investors. Correct. Yes. So, so no impairment that that has occurred, and in terms of impairment, I'm talking about principal impairment. So I can tell you now, it's it's. I think it sits at around 1.2 million dollars, across over sort of 650 million dollars in, in loans funded, um, and and certainly that 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 level of impairment did not impact any of our investor sort of funds unit pricing or our ability to pay their monthly return on time. And how large is your investor base, Phil? As, as in number of uh, the number of investors and concentration of investors. You mentioned that the average was 100 or 125,000, and that it could go down to 10,000. But do you have a concentration, or is that ensuring that you don't have a concentration of investors? No. So we have over 1,200 investors, Chris, um, and that's growing on a monthly basis. Um, so so the average is around that 100, 120,000. Um, so, so there's no significant concentration in terms of investors. We do have some investors which obviously have you know, uh, several million dollars with us, um, but they've built that up over time and we've certainly earned um, 
and their trust to be able to to sort of leverage that sort of investment from them. Um, um, but we've got a very good reputation in the marketplace with our investors. We haven't missed a beat, and um, um, we think that we, we continue to be able to grow the book um, in a manner that that we're comfortable with, um, and, and ensure that um, that we're very risk adverse in terms of how we do that. So I guess from the investor's perspective, the fact that you're giving a regular return, monthly income, it's been very consistent and there's no volatility and no downside, or there has been historically no downside, is what's attracting investors. Absolutely. I think the, the track record and the fact that we're very transparent in terms of, you know, all, all of our audited financials since inception across all of our funds are on our website. Um, you know, in terms of every every loan we fund, they can see exactly every loan we funded on our website since inception, and they can see exactly which loans are being repaid, which ones haven't, the new loans we've drawn for the month, the locations they're in, which funders funded them, the interest rate we've charged the borrower, and and the LVR on the loan. I think that level of transparency is something that I, I can't think of any other funds that do that in our space, and I think our investors appreciate that, and it certainly enables us to. To, uh, to gain their trust um, in terms of being able to manage their money and provide them with, um, with a, a decent return. Phil, it's terrific to talk to you. I think trust is one of the most important things in investing, whether it's uh, uh, equities or whatever it may be. So best of luck with the fund. We hope it continues to grow. I'm sure it will and give your investors a good return. Thank you for your time today. Thanks very much, Chris.